Long live machine. No, see, I'm not going to get Future that. Future supreme. Oh, you're not going to get it? No, I'm not going to get that. No, man, overthrown. Spit out the bone. Damn you, Zach. I... This team loves to win ugly. Winning ugly gets you to this point. Takes the snap on third down. Rodgers waits, throws, right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. It's going to be a good week for the Green Bay Packers. Getting a chance to move on. One more to go. We'll talk to you next week. One more to go, indeed, everybody. Welcome to the failure that is the podcast. Because so stressed right now. <laughs> you know what? I I gave Jay a warning in advance that I probably wasn't going to get that. I'm not as familiar with the the new Metallica Hardwired album as I am with Injustice for All or Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning or any one of those older ones. But no, he wanted to press the issue, and instead of going with <laughs> one of their classics, a good one, he wanted to go with Hardwired. I trusted you, first of all. Spit Out the Bone was Song of the Year last year, second of all. I love Spit Out the Bone. I love Hardwired, Atlas Rise. I love all those songs, but it's just, I'm not as familiar with the lyrics. You needed to trust me on that. Like, you trusted me just now. You needed to trust me, okay? (laughs) Well, nonetheless. We're we're, we're getting some drama. It's only week week three of this podcast, and we're already having some tension. We're going to break up. (laughs) <laughs> off the wires, off the rails. We're going to break up like Metallica has. And as Metallica said, we're a bunch of sellouts. And that is correct because we sell out every venue that we play. That's one of my favorite James Hetfield quotes ever. So welcome, everybody. This is the illusion of complexity. Week number three, as Aaron has mentioned, we are here and ready. And the Packers play the Vikings this week, guys. And it's Halloween weekend. It is Michigan, Michigan State week. That doesn't really matter to you guys so much as it does me necessarily. But it kind of feels like a little bit of a rivalry week in my house. It's the two, te- well, the two teams that my favorite teams can realistically beat that I hate the most, Minnesota and Michigan State. So that's that's a lot of fun on that end. But let's start with Michigan State. I, of course, I'm your host this afternoon as we record this. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined by the failure of the group, and that is Zach Jacobson. <laughs> uh, but I should say, Zach Based on everything else that has happened this week, I'm actually quite proud of you. So I will forgive you for your missteps and uh, congratulations and good for you. And uh, how are you doing today? Oh, God, Jacob, you have no idea. I am just doing so great. I am in probably the best mood of my life. Oh, my God. Everything is great. It's just sunshine, rainbows everywhere. It just I, I can't express to you the type of mood i'm in right now man i I, i'm feeling great i'm so happy to be joined by you guys you jacob you're just such a great person and aaron you (laughs) phenomenal you know i just i feel like spreading the joy right now yeah great to see everything is heading in the right direction for you zach that's awesome that everything's going well for you so aaron (laughs) aaron is here and uh she's gonna have trouble today and aaron uh today i I, today i'm still we're about three days removed uh, you professed your love this week uh, unintentionally and unwillingly to Jair Alexander. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you so much for that. Um, some asshole letting... told Jamal Williams that uh, Jair Alexander is is loved profusely by by Aaron Alice. But Aaron is with us. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really good, um, despite that little hiccup, because um, that was really humiliating. <laughs> but, 
And the look on his face, he was like, oh. Like, oh, he really? Was, like, confused. Like, he thinks yeah, Jair's thank ugly you. or something like that, right? That's what I got out of that. He's beautiful. He is beautiful. Um, but I'm re really good because uh, also last week I became an aunt. So really exciting. Uh, I lied on the podcast because you set me up and I told you not to mention it last week and you still brought it up. So I just said my sister was in labor, but she has had her baby boy. So yeah, we got a new hopefully Packers fan added to the fandom, but I have to work my magic because uh, my brother-in-law is a Bears fan. So yeah, we'll figure gross. it out. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope that your brother-in-law understands <laughs> that raising your child to be a bear fan is setting them up for failure, at least based on the last 30 years. I think Ross had the stat, the Packers have won like 21 of the last 25 or something like that against Chicago. It's, it's ridiculous what the number is. I know they've swept seven of the last 11 uh, season series against Chicago. So that's incredible. Guys, we are in the week of Minnesota Green Bay now five and one after beating up on the Houston Texans, a get right game. It's Friday. We don't need to go over that anymore. I think that that game has been pretty well beaten to death at this point. Uh, the Packers, they won. Houston sucks. I feel so bad for Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, him too. But Deshaun Watson, uh, in this case, <laughs> I feel bad for Will Fuller for taking a visit to Jair Island and Future That's Packer, by the way. Future Packer, Will <laughs> Fuller. Yeah, that very well could be. Uh, if Speak not, Speak it into existence. I will say this. <laughs> Tuesday on Twitter is going to be an absolute poop show. Oh. Because if the Packers don't trade for somebody <laughs> combined with the election, oh I will not be anywhere near the tweet machine on Tuesday. There's no way. So that's that's all I'm going to say about that. But I am not looking forward to Tuesday. So Gutekunst, Brian, if you're listening to this podcast, Brian, we're on a first name basis. Please <laughs> spare us the agony of the stupidity of hearing how you don't care about winning now. And just I don't care if you trade a conditional sixth for some random dude, just something that I can just point to and say he did something. I don't even really care what it is at this point. It doesn't have to be Will Fuller. Just something so I can at least avoid that part because the political spectrum stuff that falls into my timeline and pukes itself into my stream, I hate it. And I can't get and the stuff that intersects. I'm sick of it. So anyway, Zach, you look like you're trying to say something and I keep cutting you off at the last. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. I feel like that's like the worst part of doing podcasts or video streams. Like it's like you don't want to be the one to cut somebody off and you feel like a dick. But they did sign, they did sign Seth Roberts. So, I mean, there is. There is that. It's just a matter of him clearing protocol and then, you know, showing out on the practice squad and getting promoted and all that. So he still has a few leaps to go. But, you know, a part of me thinks that's going to be the biggest move. They make it wide receiver, <laughs> you know, like after all these rumors and, and everything that we're hearing right now about, you know, the same thing we hear every year about how they're interested in Emmanuel Sanders and how, you know, they want they wanted Robbie Anderson and this and that. And, you know, they never end up doing it like that video of. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video of Carmelo Anthony. He's coming off of the uh, off the bench. He's at a he's visiting yes. the game. He's he's about to take a shot, but he doesn't. <laughs> he like pump fakes it, goes back to the bench. That's kind of Brian Gutekunst and going after uh, free agent wide receivers. Well, not free agent wide receivers, but making trades at the trade deadline. Um, no, yeah. See, I, I'm sharing a completely different perception of Tuesday with you, Jacob. I feel obligated to stay on the app that whole day just because, like, I I got to get some jokes off. I, just, <laughs> I, I need to because I know everyone's just going to be a miserable heap of shit on that day. Just yeah, crumbling true. in themselves and just 
so sad over the Packers not doing anything and the whole election. And I, I just, I got, I, I, I got to get jokes off. I can't help it. I will say this: if they don't make a trade, a hundred percent, yeah, ninety percent of my timeline is going to be sad. And then mm-hmm. with the election, I've got a pretty decent mix in there. So probably, you know, 40 to 60%, give or take. Some people I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere in there, though, that group of people is going to be upset depending on the result of that as well. So yeah. that's all beside the point. You guys didn't come here. You guys go to, you know, wherever it is you go for politics, but it certainly isn't here. I know that. <laughs> uh, so we're going to we're gonna move forward. And you, you might come here for trade talks. I know Aaron loves talking about the Packers trading for wide receivers and <laughs> How, the I mean, Packers don't I, care, or how they're wasting Aaron Rodgers and how they should do everything to appease the quarterback. Yeah. They should just like, let him I, be that, the general manager, right? Crazy. Yeah. That, that thing drives me crazy because the biggest example that I think is a good example is LeBron in Cleveland. He like made them Anywhere? sign a bunch of players. Well, I mean, but they like he's, they signed like Tristan Thompson to a gigantic deal and he LeBron left and they were just in shambles with all of these terrible deals because LeBron wanted some of his friends on the mm-hmm. team. And it's like, everyone wants him to, them to get Randall Cobb. And it's like, they got rid of, like, Goo got rid of Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to bring him back. Um, I mean, I'm not going to complain if they bring in a wide receiver. Uh, but at this point, it's going to have to be a good deal. Because with all the COVID protocols, anybody that they bring in, even today, won't get to play versus the 49ers. Or if they do, they won't will not have practiced. So you're also thinking of that with us being at a disadvantage of a Thursday night game is this player is going to have no, it's a wasted week. Essentially we lose out on a week of the potential. So I feel like it's not going to happen. I agree with Zach that uh, Seth Roberts is probably going to be the move that is just our move. Which. Okay. I mean, honestly, we, Mm -hmm. we talked about this last week. I think if Lazard is healthy and he's practicing, and if Aaron Jones is healthy and he's not practicing, but the Packers will have him back at some point this season, I think the Packers have enough on offense to win. That being said, if they can add Will Fuller or another receiver, yeah, cool. That's awesome. Uh, but overall, I, I'm just not one to cry over spilled milk. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' feelings, and I don't care about going all in. This is all in like big quotes and letters. If it was a tweet going all in to get him his second ring, because I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' legacy from that standpoint, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, love him, Hall of Fame quarterback, all this stuff. Do not care about his legacy. I care about the Packers winning a 14th NFL championship because that's the lens I see this team through, but that's not why people come here either guys. They come here to know (laughs) MFK, Mary (laughs) blank kill. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger. For those of you that are not familiar with the series, Michael Myers, Halloween, Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. I will go first. I am going to marry Michael Myers because he is the most loyal son of a bitch in the world. He always goes back home, no matter where he's been, always returns to Haddonfield, Illinois, always going. He's very family oriented. Now he wants to butcher his family, so that's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of the odd part a little bit. But they kill that dude all the time, and he just keeps coming back for more all the time. And they change; he changes the story all the time. Like sometimes Lori Strode is dead, sometimes she's not, sometimes she's not around, sometimes she was never around, and you just never really know what he's up to. But I. I very much appreciate him, and I think of those three, those are the best. That's the best movie series, even though. 
with the case of all of these three series, they got really shitty after like the second or third one. Uh, in Halloween's case, there's, they made about 37 Halloween movies and about <laughs> three of them are good. Nonetheless, I will marry Michael Myers. Um, expletive. I'm going to expletive um, Jason Voorhees. And that's because he's got a mask on, so I don't have to see his ugly face like I would at Freddy Krueger's. And Freddy's weird, so I want to kill him and just get rid of him. He's in my sleep all the time. And that's a weird place to stalk me, and I just don't understand that. So, Zach, where are you? Oh, you would have me follow up. Yeah, okay, this guy. Uh, Yeah, you know, I would probably marry Michael, Meyer, Michael Myers as well, primarily because... Um, he shares. He also shares a similar name with Mike Myers, and I love Mike Myers. I love Austin Powers. Um, I think I would have relations with. <laughs> I, I I would have relations with Freddy Krueger. Look, I, I've I've had my my back scratched up before by a chick. I, you know what? Never mind. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that. Um, that's my answer there, uh, and obviously I would kill. Jason, I, I feel like I feel like he would do more damage than than all, all of them combined. Aaron, please please follow that up. All right, I'm 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 begging you to just take the reins here. Yeah, so I think I would go with. See, I'm I'm going to be different here. I think I'd marry Freddie. Why? Funny. He's funny. What? Like he's like always like he's the funniest of them. Like he talks. He's like actually like witty typical and yeah, i want to laugh woman. every day you love the one who's worst for you it makes perfect sense <laughs> oh, whatever <laughs> i love the one that makes me laugh if i'm gonna have to deal with these guys every day for the rest of my life i want to be at least laughing um yeah, you'll be laughing as he's gutting you open you literally go oh, because oh, the other guys aren't gonna gut you guys open you have to sleep with one eye open and grip your pillow tight <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> I got that. <sighs> um, anyways, I would uh, kill Jason because I have not seen the Friday the 13th movies in quite a while. But isn't there like some weird mommy issues that he has? Yes. yes. I don't need that anywhere around me. So pass on that. And Michael Myers seems like a good <laughs> one night stand because I feel like he comes around once a year. <laughs> Oh, bad Christ. phrasing but but like it's just like it fits for a one night stand it's just like a um one. phrasing <laughs> shut up <laughs> i didn't mean it like that so it's like you know it's too bad that it's called halloween because <laughs> it would be perfect if it was like blackout wednesday or something like that he's like your high school sweetheart or something like that that you know he comes home you guys meet at the bar have some like a couple drinks get some conversation about old times or something like that. And you end up hooking up later kind of thing, but it's Halloween. So I guess it doesn't quite work that way. What? Did I ruin, did I ruin it? Yeah, I just ruined it. Okay. Anyways, that's, that's where we're at. Moving on. Did I ruin everything? Chances are probably guys. The one thing this week, the Packers have already played the Vikings this year. So there's not a ton in terms of new matchups to break down. There is, but there isn't Minnesota is different from the first time green Bay played them. Uh, Minnesota does not have Yannick Ngakwe anymore. They traded him. Uh, the Vikings in classic Vikings fashion. Listen, everybody, public service announcement. Sometimes you make trades to go all in, and then you end up in a shitty salary cap situation. I'm not talking Sorry, to anybody in particular, oh. especially not Packers Twitter. 
But huh. Yannick Ngakwe was traded for a second round pick and a fifth round pick from Jacksonville to Minnesota. And then Minnesota traded him to Baltimore and moved way back in the third round to get five games out of Ngakwe, not pay him and trade him away. Great. Good job for them. That's wonderful. They're also missing three of their top four corners. Two of them are injured. One of them may or may not be able to play. He's on the reserve COVID list. Mike Zimmer said today that he believes that it's possible he could play, which leads you to believe that he's on that list because he came into close contact with somebody who did test positive as opposed to an actual positive test. So that's all interesting. Nonetheless, I am trying to find a path to victory for the Vikings in this game. And I can't find one. Maybe I said earlier, if Dalvin cook runs for like 200 yards, but he's questionable with a groin injury. And I don't think the Packers run defense is susceptible to giving up 200 yards on the ground. Like they were not against Minnesota, at least maybe against a team like San Francisco or somebody like that, where they really are equipped to just ground and pound you like that. But Minnesota's front isn't good enough to do something like that. And I just don't think that green Bay's run defense with some of the improvements they've made from a scheme standpoint, some players are playing better. They're above average this year per yards, per all kinds of analytics and stuff and numbers and stats and letters and acronyms and stuff. I don't want to throw at you. I'll leave that to the guys over at reporting as eligible. Uh, that would be Badger Noonan and Matub and some other friends of the program here. So I'll leave it to those guys for that, but they're Heroes. above average. What's that? Heroes. Heroes. Zach and Matub <laughs> have a very odd relationship. But that's again also. Beside. Don't be don't be jealous, okay? This is this podcast is no place to be jealous right now. I beg to differ. You guys have snuggled and shared berries and feed each other fruit and all this stuff all the time, and I I just want in on it is all. Oh, okay, that's fine. So that is jealousy then. <laughs> it it is. I'm okay oh, with it. Probably, yeah, she's right. That was that's a good point. Zach, you started surprised dream, that I was right. <laughs> Zach is living the dream. He's got colleagues podcasters, men and women fighting over him. So that is, that's something. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, Zach Jacobson, two, eight, one, 300. I don't know the rest of that number for the Mike Jones song. I was trying to throw that in there on the spot. And I couldn't get it, but Rock, um, Rock has my address. He just, he just sent me my, uh, my Packer report sweater, which I haven't been able to wear yet, but dude, it's like the most comfortable thing ever. I'm trying to get some for game on, but I want one. Yeah, I want uh, one, but I'm poor, so I can't get one. Yeah, talk to your boss about that. Yeah, have your friend call your friends and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm working on getting one of those. We're off the rails. What's the path to victory for Minnesota here is that because I can't find one. Path to victory. That is a really good question. You know, I, I was on a Vikings podcast on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, well, no, B, BJ, BJ and Drew, they're really good guys. I've known them for a good five years now. Uh as opposed to most Vikings fans, yeah, no, they're they're not they're not garbage. But anyways, the best path to victory here, I think, is just winning a shootout with the Packers. Because I know everyone is looking at this game and they're thinking, oh, it's going to be a layup for the Packers. They're going against a team without missing, you know, missing their top three corners and this and that. And they have no defensive line, and you know, seven of of eleven starters are coming back, and you know that that's, oh no, seven of of eleven starters are gone. You know, this defense is practically unrecognizable. I think if the Vikings can win a shootout with the Packers, because the Packers, they haven't been able to really get pressure consistently this season. What you saw in Houston last week, that was the first time really this season that they've been able to consistently knock the opposing quarterback off their rocker. They were able to make Deshaun Watson feel uncomfortable. Preston Smith had a decent game, uh, as opposed to what some people are saying right now upon you know further review and everything. 
but I think I thought President Smith had a pretty good day as opposed to where he was a few weeks prior. I don't trust this pass rush being able to to really generate enough to knock Kirk Cousins off balance and really force some errant throws um, into coverage, especially into a secondary that's missing Kevin King, and they're going to need to rely on Josh Jackson for the third straight week. You know, I don't know where to really evaluate Josh Jackson right now on the perimeter. And, you know, going against Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, Jair, Jair's Alexander, uh, his worst game of the season was in that season opener against the Vikings, against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And you he's know? traditionally, for all the smack talk that we throw out there and everything about Jair, he's traditionally struggled against Adam Thielen. I know the highlight play of his career kind of so far is that screen that he blows up. Oh God, I love that play, which is awesome. But overall (laughs) Thielen has not disappeared Mm -hmm. from a game with Jair covering him. So this would be nice to see Jair have a good game against Thielen as well. Yeah. And, and aside from, you know, this week one game, I mean, Kirk cousins historically against the Packers while he's been with the Vikings, he normally has big days. You know, he passes for a bunch of yards against his defense. So right now I just, I can't, I haven't seen enough from this defense to really, put my money on them and say that they're going to be able to stop the Vikings. So if there's going to be a path to victory for the Vikings, it's just that they need to, they need to win a shootout with the Packers pretty much. I think that's what's what it's going to come down to, whichever defense is able to get off the field first. Right. But can they win a shootout? Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm listening to you say all that stuff and that's cool. They have Adam Thielen. They have Justin Jefferson. I, don't think they can. No. I was going to say, can they, I know the, the stuff you mentioned about the pass rush. I hear it. I understand it, but Zadarius Smith is still there. And even if Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary haven't had the greatest starts of the season, Kenny Clark will play a full game, you hope, this time around. Mike Pettin has been more aggressive in recent – well, at least last week he was much more aggressive than he has been. I trust him to at least be able to make a couple more plays when it comes to that. That's why I said even if it has to get to winning a shootout, I trust either the Packers' defense to make more of a big play, whether that's a sack or Kirk Cousins throwing the ball away, something like that. Aaron, you're like one of the more optimistic people in the world when it comes to the Packers specifically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there anything you're seeing here that says Minnesota's got a shot here? I mean, I think it. I, I agree with what Zach was saying. I like the pass rush. I think is going to be huge uh, because they did not show up week one, which was really surprising because they had played so well against Minnesota last season. And uh, I, I was really disappointed there. And I mean, it, they're going to score points like that needs to be something that, you know, Twitter needs to calm down about because everyone gets so mad if they give up a touchdown as if like, it's, you know, not a normal thing for teams to score touchdowns. But I just think that we need to continuously pressure uh, Kirk cousins. Cause I would love to see more turnovers. We have not been doing very well with turnovers and he can, he usually throws a couple and, you know, we, we need, you know, the pass rush to make him, you know, frazzled. But as for a path to victory, it's like everything is going to have to fall their way, meaning our pass rush needs to be bad and our corners need to be bad. And, you know, we need to have like give up some turnovers. And and I, I don't see that happening, but that's that's what's going to have to happen. It's going to have to be just a mess of a game from the Packers and I don't think it will be. LaFleur has even said that the 49ers game is like not even anything he's thinking about right now that he's that they seem locked in to the Vikings game. And I think one of the best reasons 
or one of the biggest reasons that the Packers defense played so well against a unit like what the Texans have at wide receiver, you know, last week was because their pass rush had probably in my mind, one of their best games of the year. And mm-hmm. in turn, the secondary played well, the safeties played well, the corners played well, everything like Aaron said, everything works in unison. When your pass rush is generating that pressure, everything works downfield. It all, it all works together. So if they can just do that against the Vikings and you can force Kirk Cousins to revert back to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> after Kirk Cousins being the weirdo that he is, I I just I, I can't stand him. Um, Same. Yeah, I just don't like him. Um, then yeah, th- those throws will come. You know, your secondary will reap the rewards of what your pass rush is able to 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 do. Agreed. Yeah, I yeah. think it all revolves around that pass rush. If that's not good, getting going, they have a shot. And here's your here's your telling stat for the season so far. Now I mentioned Z, six sacks, nineteen pressures. So he's about up to par. Uh, maybe not quite on the pace that he was a season ago, but the again a season ago that was very very special. And mm-hmm. to try and duplicate that is asking a lot. After that, Kingsley Kiki nine pressures, two sacks, both of which came in one game. Rashawn Gary nine pressures, two sacks. Preston Smith eight pressures, one sack. Kenny Clark four pressures. Zero sacks. Now that's in 58 pass rush snaps. That those numbers come from friend of the show and dashingly handsome Jacob Morley. Great name, by the way. And he's from Packer Report. So he'll have that in his preview on Saturday morning. But those are your numbers that you probably struggle seeing a little bit. Is just that Zadarius Smith has more pressures himself than Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith combined. And Rashawn Gary was somebody that we had a lot of optimism for coming into the season. And I know I'm not one to cry over spilled milk. And I know you guys relatively feel the same way as well. <laughs> it's but the second time you've said that. <laughs> it's well, I mean, whatever you want to, I'm, I don't know. I don't know another phrase for that off the top of my head, but that's what I got. <laughs> I'm not one to do that. I'm not one to cry over something that's already happened, but I'm not going to blame people for being a little upset or disappointed or wonder like what could have been when you see that Montez sweat this season has more pressures than Zadarius Smith. And Brian Burns obviously is the one that comes to mind as well for everybody. That's the guy, everybody, well, not everybody, obviously, but most people wanted at pick number 12. And he has been a, a terror through his first season in six games. Now I'm not giving up on Rashawn Gary. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm just saying, I understand some of that thought with, we were optimistic coming into the season. I'm saying all that to say, I need to start seeing it a little bit. These are some bad fronts that the Packers have played against. It's not like they're playing against Orlando Pace and Anthony Munoz at the tackle positions. They're playing against some bad teams. And this Vikings front is not good. And it's time now. They're going to have to throw the ball to keep pace with you. They had to do that the first week, and you didn't really get home. Preston, Rashawn, if the Packers are going to get to where they want to go, they need you to be the, the running cause there. Let's talk about kickers because I hate them and you guys <laughs> insisted that we need to talk about it. And I, I fought this for the last six years, but we talked about kickers. Anything. Okay. Fuck out of your ass. Well, watch, watch when you watch your mouth, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Right. There are children. It just makes me show. really angry. Seriously. You need to watch some of the shit you say. <laughs> <laughs> well this played. Is, this is, this is an important bit of news, okay, Jacob? It, it, it actually it is. is, and this is why we needed to talk about it, because Mason Crosby is injured, and in a normal year, not a big deal. Nothing about this season is normal. 
everything about mm -hmm. this year is weird. And now we have insight into everybody's wondering, oh my God, why are they bringing a kicker in every week? And everybody's obsession with salary cap space seems to come up because there are people asking me and I will, let me tell this story real quick. I have people in my mentions asking if it's possible for the Packers to trade David Bakhtiari right now in the name of cap space. Listen to me, everybody look at your phones or your car radios, unless you're on the road, watch the road. But I need you to hear me when I say this, the team with the most cap space does not win the Super Bowl. Your obsession with cap space is asinine. Don't overthink this. Even if the Packers do let David Bakhtiari walk, they're not going to. They are not trading him right now. They're five and one in a Super Bowl contender. Five and one Super Bowl contenders don't trade their franchise left tackle. All right. I've done that. I've gotten it out of the way. You meant our listeners look at their phones. I know. I looked at mine too. I was like, well, I'm glad you guys I got really confused. No, you guys don't listen to me anyway. So I didn't even really think of it as anything. So nonetheless, the Crosby situation is interesting just because this is why they're trying out kickers every week is so they can go through the COVID protocols. And if Crosby can't go on Sunday, they have a kicker ready and active for Sunday. This week, it'll happen to be Nick Vogel. If that is indeed the case. Now, my thought on strategy is, and this is adapted material from Ross Uglum is once you cross the 50, just keep going for it. Forget kicking field goals altogether. Just, keep scoring touchdowns. You could probably let the bad kicker that you have on your team, kick extra points and have that be it. Otherwise go for two, whatever, but all gas, no breaks, man. Let's, let's see what this offense has. Let Aaron Rodgers. I, I trust the right arm of Aaron Rodgers more than I do the right foot of Mason Crosby. I definitely trust the right arm of Aaron Rodgers more than I do some random kicker that they bring in that frankly i've i've heard of in passing and i think i'm actually confusing nick vogel with justin vogel so I, I did a few times too there you go the the old punter for the packers so aaron any concern for this kicker situation and maybe not for this week specifically Th that's the other thing i wanted to point out i don't have much mm -hmm. concern for this week because i don't think yeah. this game comes down to a field goal but mm -hmm. san francisco a game like that very well could yes so moving yeah. into this one any concern there um, for the Vikings game, not really a big concern. I almost want him to sit out if he's not a hundred percent, just because it could come down to an extra point or a field goal on Thursday. Uh, that is how close that game could go, hopefully. Uh, and you know, so if he's not hundred percent sit him, I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Let's just see what this team can do on fourth down. If like we, like Ross said, they're past the 50 yard line. Just let them run a play. It's fourth and 20. I don't care. Go for it. You know, I, I just don't think that it's worth, you know, trying to push it um, and going for two. It's a good, good chance to kind of experiment going for two. But I think what'll be interesting to see is even if they play him, well, whether it's Sunday or on Thursday, if they're going to like, you know, settle for lesser field goals. If it's on, you know, if it's a 50 yard field goal, they, you know, are against San Francisco, are you going to let him kick it if he's injured or are you just going to try to punt it? I, which I guess we don't know because none of us know the extent of his injury, but that'll be something to kind of watch uh, to see, you know, if, or if they have, um, you know, JK Scott doing kickoffs or something. So I'm not sure what their plan is, but I'm not worried about it Sunday, but we'll see Thursday. You know, people freak out every single year 
when they bring guys in for like tryouts and stuff, or like if it's like a quarterback or if it's like a wide receiver, they're like, you know, and they're in the responses and they go, oh my God, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Why are they trying out a quarterback? Or what's wrong with Devontae Adams? Why are they trying out a receiver? What's this and that? <laughs> the Packers do this every single year so they can gather information on guys and so they can, you know, just get a file going so they can just know who who's out there and just see where some of these players are physically. So in case things like this happen, in case someone like 35, 36 year old Mason Crosby is dealing with some calf or a back injury, you know, they can get someone in and, you know, have them be prepared. Now, this is happening even more frequently now with a kicker who was literally on the COVID reserve list this summer, which I think a lot of people forget about for some reason. The Packers had a few guys on that list back in August. This is that's going to happen even more frequently this year in the middle of a, of a freaking pandemic, more so than normal. And again, especially with a guy who was literally just on the COVID list, and I, I believe ha- has a wife who is susceptible, mm-hmm. uh, even more susceptible than, than the average person mm-hmm. right now. Correct. So it's kind of gross, but I mean, it is strategic in nature, kind of what they're doing is what you're saying. Like it, well, it's and, sad that it has to be thought about that way, but it is. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, and also like what kind of what piggybacking off of that, you know, it's, it, it, I think the COVID protocol is what, six days. So they need to know what kind of kicker they need if they need someone immediately. So that's why they've been trying out kickers like every single week to know what's out there, whether or not they were worried about Mason or not. They just needed to be aware that, okay, here's what we're working with. Here are the guys that we can bring in. So we need to bring someone in, you know, yeah. six days ahead of time. Exactly. Like all of the characters they've been trying out this season, dating back from September, it has nothing to do with the injury that he suffered in the mm-hmm. Texas game. That's just agreed. That's just what they were preparing for, for when mm-hmm. that, when that kind of thing happens. And it just so happens it did. They were doing their due diligence and, and it paid off. So now mm-hmm. they have Nick Vogel in the building in case, you know, he does have to kick. They can activate him, uh, uh, assuming he clears the protocols and everything. Um, they can activate him. I heard, uh, I, I saw, or I read actually that they were practicing Justin Vogel, I think. Or no, not Justin Vogel. See? J.K. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I heard they were practicing uh, J.K. Scott on, uh, on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and possibly even field goals. I'm not totally sure, but I forgot what I read. But yeah, see, Jacob perverted me back about three years. So. <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah, I hey, can. Make, make me feel three years younger. I'm I'm fine. Take me back. Yeah, the youngest guy here says that. So Aaron sighs because she thinks we're going to turn that into an age joke. But I'm I was waiting. I was waiting. I'm not going to do that because it's gotten old. Which I mean, you know all about oh, that. So shut up. Anyways. Damn it, hey, we made it so far. If you reverted back three years, you'd be in your late 40s. Oh right. <laughs> I am only a year and a half older than Jacob. This That's is ridiculous. Well, yeah, and he's old as shit, too. Sorry, that was like my, that was my first old joke. I had to, I I Listen, Gage last week found out how old I was compared to it was him and Janelle, and they're both like I think twenty three and twenty four respectively, or something like that. And yeah, I got bagged on all night, so I understand. Uh, it's fine. Well, um, there was like that post, the like a photo of you from like a kid or whatever, and it would mm-hmm. need album cover. Alex Strofe 
was him with floaties on that were SpongeBob. And I was like, oh, like when SpongeBob came out, I was like nearly an adult. <laughs> like, maybe not, but I was like, but I was, I was probably like 12 or 13. No, SpongeBob came out in 1999. Yeah, oh, then I was nine. Well, then maybe you were like 12 or 13 then. Actually, when were you born, Aaron? 1990. Oh, then, oh, then, yeah, you were. I mean, nine. Yeah, that's not far. I was nine. Like, I wasn't Weird. wearing floaties when I was nine. I was. No. Yeah. So it just made me feel old. <laughs> I was four. So. Oh, thanks. Good. That was really helpful to add to the conversation. You're welcome. Zachary. Yeah. All right. Let's steer back in guys real quick. <laughs> We've got our heavy hitter segment for this week and we have our question and that is Reese's PCs. And I have a reason that I call them that. And I'll tell you why in just a minute or peanut butter, peanut butter, not peanut. Cause I had to have this clarified mm-hmm. show, peanut yes. butter M&Ms. And my answer is if I want peanut butter in my candy, I'm just going to eat a regular Reese's and I don't care for either one of these. Uh, I call Reese's Pieces feces pieces because they're bad. That's and, so stupid. <laughs> and peanut butter M&Ms are nothing all that special. So whatever on those. Um, if I Like I said, if I want peanut butter in my candy, I want a Reese's. So that's the route I am choosing. That's Aaron, ridiculous. Well, I mean, like, uh, like, you, okay. Well, regardless of what I choose, they are much more like on the go friendly. You I, know, I mean, you don't have to like... You just, I don't even know what to do with you. Anyways, I will pick peanut butter M&Ms and I feel like Reese's Pieces gets like all the attention and, but like their peanut butter to like chocolate ratio is not right. Like peanut butter M&Ms, it's like, you get a lot more peanut butter so you can actually taste it. I feel like Reese's Pieces is very like a hint of peanut butter, like a LaCroix flavor of peanut butter. Regardless, can we agree that, you know, regardless of where we stand here, can we agree that peanut butter and chocolate is like one of the best combinations ever yes. made? Oh, 100%. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Good. At least, at least we have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually with Aaron on this. Uh, it's, that's actually something I've never really thought about until now. You know, like when you mm-hmm. think about it, like when you eat a, a Reese's Pieces, which, you know, I want to say something right now too. That's actually a long-standing argument between Janelle and I is how to pronounce that Reese's pieces and Reese's pieces. I say Reese's pieces and she says it the other way. So I say she, pieces. I'm with her. Reese's pieces. Yeah, well, you, guys, you guys can be wrong. That's fine. I'm not judging. Oh my for God. It. Um, anyways, you can join Jacob with your feces pieces. I, I will. I'll, I'll join Jacob. That's fine. Um, yeah, I've never noticed that until until now that I've thought about it. The, like, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. The peanut butter and peanut butter M&Ms is like way more prominent. It's just more substantial. Mm-hmm. You know, you can actually like taste more of it, you know, and I've never thought about that till now. And now it's I kind of more balanced. Yeah. I mean, they're not the best M&M, but Mm-mm. what would be the best M&M in your in your opinion? I don't know. I really enjoyed the crispy ones. See, me too. The crispy ones are really good. Mm-hmm. I just like... had, I think I had s'more ones recently and they were really good. Really? I've never seen s'more ones. Are those new? Yeah. Let me yeah. let me look it up. I think they I had have, them like a year ago. They have ones that are filled with like a like hazelnut fudge too. Mm-hmm. Those allergic. are really good. 
but yeah, but the the crispy ones, yeah, they remind me of like a like Nestle Crunch bar, pretty much packed into like an M M&M. and M. Yeah, they have popcorn flavored ones. Yeah, they have a little bit. M and M's have been like really versatile over the last. Yeah, they do have smaller years. ones. Those are the ones that I had. And they were really, really good. So there you I have mean, it, guys. So we have that. That's our heavy hitter segment of the week. We have everything through here. Uh, thank you guys for indulging us on our stupidity, guys. We need a game pick here because we're <laughs> out of time for. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers. I like them 38 20. I just, I like I said, I don't see a path for. Minnesota to win. I think Green Bay is better on offense. I think they're better on defense. It would just take Green Bay just absolutely playing their worst game of the season to, to, and that includes their game against Tampa Bay. Like they would have to play worse than that to lose to Minnesota. So I like Green Bay and I like them relatively big. Aaron, I'm going to do um, 42 23 Packers. I think we're going to go back to 40 points. I dig the 40 burgers. Yes. Speaking of burgers, Zach, I think we we thought we were going to record Tuesday and then we thought we were going to record Wednesday. And then last night I took a break, but today's Friday. I've had wait, five guys wait. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, wait a minute. No, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I took a break Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've had five guys every day. Cause I thought we were going to record and that's how I prepare to speak with you. You're joking. <laughs> I almost <laughs> just made a really joking, comment, please. but Okay, who's going to win, the Packers or the Vikings? I got the Packers. I mean, obviously. I got the Packers 38-26. This is uh, pretty much what I predicted. I, I said on, on our on our roundtable show on Sunday that they would shut them out, but in my defense, I did say <laughs> that it was a rough draft, so just give me a little more time. So right now, I'm picking the Packers 38-26. Um, I think you could throw everything from that first meeting in week one out the window, just that's for every team in the league. You know, that's, that's the feeler week. Everyone's coming out, no preseason reps. You're getting your first feel back into live action football. You know, nobody really knows anything about anyone yet. That includes the Vikings that includes the Packers, that 43, 34 score that really wasn't even as close as it seemed. None of that matters anymore. I still think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to connect for a big day, but they just I don't think they have an answer for either one of those guys. And with Aaron Rodgers playing the way he is within the offense, he's you know, coming off of Houston last week. He was in rhythm. He was taking everything that was available to him underneath. And now they're getting Jamal Williams involved in the passing game. I mean, seeing him take that 17-yard reception and turn up field and just headbang like, 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 like a lunatic. Um, yeah, they're getting everybody involved. And... Aaron Rodgers, he's just he's just playing confidently and he's just poised in the pocket and he's getting the protection. That's the important part. The offensive line is just playing so fluidly right now. You know, regardless of what kind of what kind of what what, what guys are playing out of position to replace David Bakhtiari or wherever Elton Jenkins or or, or or Billy Turner, you know, bouncing all the way all the way to left tackle. You know, none of none of that matters. You know, they're all playing in unison. All five starters and Aaron Rodgers is confident behind those five guys. And he's just playing really good football. And I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to have an answer for that with that depleted defense. Agreed. All righty. So there we have that guys. And that is our predictions for the week. We're all taking the Packers to beat the Vikings. Thank you. This is another episode of the illusion of complexity where we have some football and quite a bit of fun. We hope you at least think so <laughs> along the way. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow the website and everything that you want for our socials. Our social media team is incredible and 
by team, I mean, it's a one person band basically, but I'll let her talk about that here in just a little bit at game on WI on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube game on Wisconsin. And uh, the lady behind that who would love nothing more than to meet Jair Alexander is <laughs> our own Aaron Alice. So Aaron, where can we find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at H E R O O I N E. Uh, and then you can also find me running, you know, the game on Wisconsin accounts um, for some Tunyon memes and really stupid shit, but <laughs> that's how we roll. <laughs> really stupid is one way. Yeah. And that was awesome. Actually, that was <laughs> between that and the Daniel Jones thing. The last week or so has been pretty fun. And then of course we have Zach Thank Jacobson, you. Zach, where can we, where can we find your general nonsense? For now, you can find me on Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> Seems fair. Good. I told Jack, uh, who probably has my house bugged, so he heard me say that. Um, my account is at it's Zachariah J. Uh, you can find me there. Find me at Packer Report. Find me here at Game on Wisconsin. And that's the gist of it. Yeah, and if you guys want to check out, we had a really cool interview Wednesday with Matt Schneidman mm-hmm. from the Athletics. Super huge shout-out to Matt for giving those boys an hour of his time and just kind of sitting there shooting the shit, quite frankly, um, talking about his days at Syracuse, talking about his time with the Packers and Zach's yeah. wagging his finger at me. So. <laughs> Cause I wanted, yeah, I wanted to piggyback off that. Matt is like definitely one of like the most genuine guys that I've talked to from like the beat, just sitting down and talking football with us for over an hour. Like you said, he's just really cool, really genuine down to earth guy. Yeah. I appreciated uh, the first time we talked to him, he had, he was sitting at his kitchen table and he had like his daughter or somebody and his whoever he lives with, his family running behind him. And he had just the the white background behind you guys this time. So it was really Andy Herman-esque. So it was kind of funny that way. But it was a great interview. A lot of good stuff in there about his days from college. Some cool stuff about Will Fuller, if you want to check that out. Uh, Book of Eli um, had Eli Berkovitz is his real name. But at Book of Eli is where you can find some clips and stuff like that from it. Or, of course, over on our YouTube channel, guys. This was episode three. We promise it won't be as much of a delay next week. We'll be out and ready before the San Francisco game. Packers-Vikings first. Got to go 1-0 and against San Fr- or Minnesota. See, I'm doing it already. Got to go 1-0 and against Minnesota before you can get to San Francisco, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 